Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code REDBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Praised be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And I'm Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Father Connolly. Hi, Mrs. Sullivan. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah. It's been a while. It has been. Happy to be uh, here at the, the Sullivan backyard once again. It's a beautiful day and it's an easy way to record it and sure be outside yeah. while the kids are playing too. Yeah. So. A lot has happened, huh? Yes. So we were just saying it's been not necessarily since our last episode of the podcast, but... Um, about seven months since this pandemic began and, and mm-hmm. uh, all the craziness that has ensued. So looking forward to talking to you about our experiences in that time. Yeah. thought we'd just do kind of a recap of how we've dealt with it and what we felt through it and how do we go on and try to get back into the swing of things, right? Amen. Yeah. How have we raised saints and, and been... We've all become on the way to hopefully. becoming saints ourselves. <laughs> yes. Plenty of opportunities. Yes, lots of right? opportunity. So, right. <laughs> well, here's another one. So why don't we say a prayer? Okay. Right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, thank you for the gift of life. Uh, so precious. We know from the moment of conception until natural death, you've given us this beautiful gift. Uh, share in your own life and ultimately aimed at sharing the divine life in heaven for eternity. So thank you for this great gift and please fill us with your grace to live good and holy lives that we might imitate you, imitate your love, your mercy, and so become the saints you are calling us to be. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now now, and ever ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, pray pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I mentioned St. Michael because as we're recording, this is a day after his feast day. That's right. Which, of course, is your feast very day. important to me. <laughs> uh, I think God gave my parents an extra little dose of grace when they were naming me, mm-hmm. knowing in uh, his infinite wisdom that I might need a little extra help along the way. <laughs> well, from, especially uh, being a priest, too. Protector. Yeah. So. <laughs> and tomorrow is... um. Feast of St. Therese. Mm-hmm. And she's one of my favorite saints. Yeah. 
I really love her. So we can talk about her too, because we are going to talk about the domestic church. Yeah. That fancy buzzword, the domestic church. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Anyhow. Yeah. Oh. So a good place to start, I think, is like we were saying, certainly this has been crazy, mm -hmm. right? The last seven months. First of all, that it's been seven months. Yeah. It's just remarkable to me. Yeah. Um, it seemed longer and also like one long day. Yeah. Do you remember, too, uh, when it all kind of started, I mean, we didn't know what to expect, right? And we heard, um, okay, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, gosh, it just, it has so changed our lives that we can say maybe it seems to have flown by. Yeah. Maybe because we're getting used to it. I think because we're getting used to it. I think also because we kind of gotten used to maybe the monotony too there. I mean, there is a sense of sameness yeah. of our days in some ways. Yeah. You no. Know? Although that's changing, at least for me. So yeah. Well, yeah. As the leaves are dying, the parish is coming back to life. Which is wonderful, um, which is what we, is. we're hoping for. Absolutely. Um, but in the, in the meantime, though, there's certainly been a lot of time at home. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that's what we kind of want to talk about today, that this experience that we've probably all had to some degree of being at home a lot more. Yes. Uh, and, and with our loved ones, with our family and um, mm -hmm. but out of our routine, our work routine, our parish routine or even just social, social routine, routines, yeah, uh, school routine. So. Being home a lot more, so it made it very timely. This question we received from one of our listeners about um, how do we build up that home? Yeah. How do we build up the domestic church, and especially where there might be amongst our children some kind of sibling rivalry or yeah. um, you know difficulty getting along, spending a lot more time together? Sure. You know, it, the the term domestic church was not something I really understood until very recently, and. Um, I think it's worth, sorry, we're having, we're watching the kids playing in the yard and there's some sibling rivalry going on right now <laughs> as we speak. So it's truly the lived experience. <laughs> That's right. So if you hear that, <laughs> this is, it's just the way it is. <laughs> so the domestic church. So the idea is that we don't learn all of our faith from our priests or our faith formation class, that our primary formation occurs in the home. So that the home is the domestic church. So the parents are the ones leading the kids in their faith formation. And we have some kids here, so let's let them say hi. All right. Okay, say hi, say your name and say hello. This is Matthew, hi. This is Samantha, hi. There's another one around here soon. He'll show up soon. Bye, Matthew. <laughs> They'll be signing autographs for us later. Right. On sale through our Facebook page for $50 a pop. <laughs> and now I've lost my train of thought. Here's the other Here one. Here he comes. Here he comes. Father John say, Sullivan. Say your name. Hey. And who is it? It's John. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Help us out here, Father. Where do we go now? So the 
domestic church, as you were saying, right? That's where it begins. Right. We say it at the uh, beautiful um, rite of baptism, there's an emphasis on the responsibility that parents have to be first teachers of the faith, um, that the home is where we learn to imitate that beautiful, perfect exchange of love between persons um, that, that makes up the Holy Trinity, right? Without going on a boring Trinity yeah, lesson, yeah, yeah. the Father and the Son mm-hmm. eternally engaged in this perfect, total self-gift, yeah. um, this perfect and total exchange of love that is so overabundant. It, it literally breathes forth as so many, especially St. Augustine will say the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so in one sense, you know, certainly you might say, Oh, well God is so complicated. I can't understand God. Yeah. I guess that's true in the true, sense that, right. you know, <laughs> theology is, is, uh, a challenging field of study, but God is also simple, right? Yes. That's one of um, the words that St. Thomas would certainly use to describe him in the sense that um, God is love, this exchange of love between persons. And that is so beautifully, beautifully imitated in the family. Now, mm-hmm. not always perfectly. No, right. Never perfectly. <laughs> I might remember um, if pressed on it, uh, a couple of altercations, uh, if you will, <laughs> growing up. Yeah. And that's normal. I think that's our experience. We're just, we're fallen, we're broken, we're, we're imperfect. And so we don't always get along so great. So maybe that's a good way to open up the, the question then. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear your perspective on this as a mom, especially a mom of um, a, your oldest is your daughter. Mm-hmm. And then you've got two boys yeah, who are also close in age, like yeah. my little brother and I are. Um, and that itself lends itself sometimes to, you know, a little Experience argument or and, oh, spat yeah. here or there. Oh, for sure. What do you do? You know, how do you encourage that, that, uh, that loving relationship, that exchange of love that we're called to imitate and so become saints. Okay. Mind you, I don't have a lot of great answers, but I'll tell you what. Welcome to my world. (laughs) I'll tell you what I have found when I do my best to do it, it, things work out better. So, um, what I used to do was, send them off and say, go work it out yourself. Right. That was kind of like, just, I don't want to hear it. Stop bickering. Stop being annoyed at each other and go work it out. And it, that never worked. Cause all that would happen was that the bickering or the arguing or whatever would continue and it would escalate. So I came to realize that that was probably lazy parenting. So, um, Do I never do that? No. I mean, I still do that. Like if it's something really, really unimportant, I'll have them go work it out. But um, usually one party has been upset by another party. And that then they come to me. Mommy, they did this. She did that. Whatever it was, right? If I take a short amount of time to console that child and calm them down, it's a lot easier to work out the problem. 
because it's usually never something huge. It's like she didn't want to play this game with me or I wanted to do it this way or that and whatnot. But if I acknowledge that they're upset by something, they feel seen and heard Mm. and we can then work on the next piece or they can work on the next piece. But, you know, like when you're angry or when you're mad or when something has upset you, it's hard to be rational. So um, when there's that irrational stuff going on, the best thing as the parent to do is to in my experience, not all experience, I'm not a psychologist, nor do I claim to be. But um, if I step in and and help the child who's upset to calm themselves, we can usually work out other mm. things afterwards. But these are like childish, childish spats, right? These are like, yeah. you stole the toy I wanted to play with, right? But that speaks, though, really nicely to a, a bigger reality that we all face, I'd say even especially adults, uh, and I just want to pick up on that. It, it strikes me when you're describing, um, we need an intermediary. Yeah. We need a moderator, so to speak. Now, yes, on the one hand, you might say, well, Father, Jesus says in the Gospels, don't bring your sacrifice to God before you've made peace with each other. Yeah. But in order to make peace with each other, often what I find, so from my experience, I've Obviously, I'm not a dad, but I'm a father. Mm-hmm. And when I hear uh, in confession, folks are struggling with forgiveness and and just really having a hard time forgiving someone, um, whatever the offense might be. What I found, and I tell them this because I found in my own life, this is very helpful. We need to go to Jesus in that moment especially as he hangs on the cross and says, Father, forgive them. He who had more reason than anyone in the history of creation um, to hold a grudge, Mm -hmm. he didn't. He forgave. And sometimes we're going to have that struggle to forgive. And for a child, something that we would call childish, you know, uh, he stole a toy I wanted to play with. That's a big deal. It is. Yes. The, the frustration is compounded by sometimes our adult indifference to like, well, you're just being childish. For sure. No kidding. It's yeah. a, a, child. a child. So yes. I think even in that moment, yes, we, we want to make peace with each other before offering our proverbial sacrifice. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we have to go to that moderator first. We have to go to Jesus and say, Lord, you have to be the one to forgive yeah. Through me right yeah. now. I desire to forgive this person, but you know, before I even say it, Lord, I'm struggling with that. Right. And and I need you to be the one to forgive right now in and through me. Right. Um, and I had a, a, a spiritual director tell me once that, you know, we think sometimes of forgiveness is going to be all the warm and fuzzies and, and great mm-hmm. feelings immediately ushered back in. Right. That's not no. usually the case. Right. And so just the desire to forgive is sort of a, a step along the way. It's a degree of forgiveness. So that's what I'm hearing from you. And, yeah. and I, I just, I think that's so great, you know, that um, because the parent, is the representative of God. Sure. And and again, just yeah. briefly, if you didn't 
indulge, uh, you know, in my, from my experience in the confessional with children. Yeah. More often than not, I, I could almost, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet anything that every time a, a child comes in, they're likely going to tell me that they didn't listen to mom and dad or they didn't do something mom and dad asked them to do. And I try to remind them gently and you're welcome, moms and dads, that, <laughs> you know, mommy and daddy are there really working for God in a mm-hmm. very special way. And so if we think about listening to them as trying to listen to God better, now, not that they are God, mm-hmm. right? But um, they God gave them the special job of helping him to take care of you. And so when they're telling you something, you know, it's not just for themselves, but really right. it's, it's for God. Right. And, um, and so often, uh, you know, the kids really usually respond to that. Yeah. And that reality that as a mom or as a dad, you do represent God to your child. Um, it's a big responsibility. But it certainly is because wherever you fall short is, is um can become a place where they don't understand the father's love mm. which i think is such a a challenge on the for uh, you know for parents um in in the ways that you didn't love as well as you could have that's going to be a struggle for your child yeah. later in life with yeah. their relationship with god right but, and now uh, it might be a bit tangential but important nonetheless that's going to happen. Yes. No, no matter. No matter yes. What, yeah. I, I find it too. I, I have at the end of the day, more often than I'd like, I think of interactions I've had with, with parishioners or um, even strangers, you know, and I think I, I really failed there today. I could have shown much more courage or much better uh, priestly fatherly love than I did. And, um, but then that's where we also get an opportunity to experience the mercy of the father too. Sure. But I just love that, that image then that you, you know, you described Alexandra that taking that time to console that child, even no matter how childish the, the situation yeah. might be, yeah. because in a sense you are, you're not God himself, but yeah. his representative to them. And so it speaks to that, that reality that any of us mm-hmm. struggling with, we've got to go to him first yeah, and he will restore us and restore our peace and help us to, to forgive and to reconcile. And also they're just like children. We act irrationally at times too. So we may react to a situation that irrationally, that if we then take it to prayer, um, Jesus can help us acknowledge that and acknowledge where we're not understanding something. So with, when it comes to the children and sibling rivalry or, or arguments, um, a lot of times it's irrational and it's easily worked out. But when the child is in that moment and is so frustrated or feels like an injustice has been done, that needs to be corrected first um, before any logical um reconciliation can happen. And I think that's the same with forgiveness because a lot of times we don't, we hold on to unforgiveness because we feel like there's been a wrong and justice hasn't been received from it. And I think that's where in, in this case with children, they feel like there's been an injustice. My brother did something to me and I want it fixed. Well, 
it's not always just a one-way street really right, right? so also interesting <laughs> and again how how uh, perfectly the experience of the child parallels the experience of the adult in the child's mind who's been offended yeah fixing it would mean you know retribution i want to see him yes. punished yeah i want to see his suffering right. now as a result of the now you as the mom um you have a greater wisdom mm -hmm. and so you might very well know that handling it a certain way is going to in fact exact justice but not involve the kind of punishment the other child wants to see. Sure. And how true is that for us? Yeah. Right? We're uh, experiencing some sort of offense, and and I want to see that person suffer for this, for right. what they did to me. Right. They need to hurt the way I hurt. Well, God might know that that's just not how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right? He knows their heart. He knows mm -hmm. their life. And he is the God of justice. And we have to trust that he's in control. Yeah. He's taking care of things. Justice will be served, but more often than not, not it's not going to look not the way. like what we expect. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of taking care of rivalry when they break out. But I'm also thinking about how to um, set up the family life in a way as to minimize yeah. the amount of times we have interactions that are negative. Mm. Um, and I think getting to the root is, is easier than fixing the fights that happen over and over again. Right. Right. So, um, Heal the wound don't just slap a bandaid on it. Right. Exactly. Even if and it's a really awesome, like SpongeBob, even if it's a, yes, like that. super cool bandaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things I think, uh, my husband does well is he always emphasizes that, um, if you're a part of this family, you're on a team mm. and that it is our job to look out for all the members of the team. Mm. And that if you are the older sibling, you got to make sure that you're watching over your brother and sister. And if you're the brother, maybe you should be watching for your sister mm. and, um, you know, just keeping an eye out and making sure that you're on their team kind of builds that yeah. feeling. That's an interesting point, yeah. too, that you make the, the, the different role mm -hmm. that each sibling might have. Right. We just talk about that for a second. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll warn you, I am a middle child. But wah, I'm not going wah. there. <laughs> My mom and I had a great wah. chat the other day about how I don't actually have middle child syndrome. Oh, good. I don't. You've I, cleared I, this up. No, okay. I promise you I don't. Have, you know the stare well, I like to you had a unique it, experience yeah but, where you took but on it is, sort of a big brother role right sure but yeah. it, I mean it is true that where you fall in birth order and um, perhaps even your gender you know do play a, a, a role in what's your part on the team right mm -hmm. not every player on the baseball team is a pitcher yeah you know you also need that first baseman you need that center fielder how am i doing with baseball reference yeah, I, well we'll ask um, matthew afterwards. getting to the edge yeah. of my baseball uh expertise <laughs> you, if here. we need more help but, we'll bring in matthew right and, and so maybe that helps um with fostering the culture of love mm -hmm. and deference to the other in the family right. to sort of avoid more uh, some of the more frequent spats that might happen yeah. um 
not to pigeonhole anyone into any one job or no. sort of, but just like if I know who I am and my part to play in the, you know, the, the, the love of this family and the thriving of this family, you know, maybe that, mm-hmm. maybe that's helpful. I like you said, so. I, I, I had myself kind of a unique experience. Um, yes, I'm the middle child, but um, with an older brother who um, has some disabilities, you sort of take on some of the responsibilities and, and kind of roles that an oldest sibling mm-hmm. would. Yeah. While also respecting his dignity. Mm-hmm. Because he's he sure. is the oldest, he's the oldest still, and yeah, you know, um, so yeah, that was unique. And I found throughout my life, kind of part of what, maturing was just kind of learning that. And what does that mean for me? And um, that's certainly uh, it's not always easy, but over time, that does help to understand the how the family works and what. I can contribute to the family and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fights kind of subside over time. That also might have had something to do with the fact that my brother Brian, um, as we got Eclipsed older. you in height he, and, and not just size. Height, he got <laughs> massive. Good old Officer Connolly. He is uh, something like 6'5", weighing in, yep. and, you know, 215. Yeah, you're not going to mess with that now. 30 range. I don't know. He's, uh, you know, so he's, he's, he's my bodyguard. Yeah. So. So I have one last passing thought um, before we kind of wind down. We have, we're good on time, right? One of the things that, and I I kind of feel weird sharing all the things that we do because it's, again, I'm not an expert, but um, one of the things that is interesting that we do as a family is at the end of the night, we pray uh, prayers of gratitude. So what are we grateful to God in our day for? And Sometimes it's it's something really silly like playing a video game. But there are these times when um, a sibling acknowledges another sibling for something that they've done or that something they've achieved or something that they've enjoyed. So, you know, if whether it was uh, scoring a goal in a soccer game, you know, when the siblings pray for each other, they'll say, I'm grateful to God that Matthew had a great soccer practice today. And being able to acknowledge each other's um, strengths and the things that they're grateful for about that person, um, I think emphasizes the bond and will eventually help to keep them bonded strongly. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's my last last passing thought. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to stay mad at someone you're praying for. Right. Yeah. 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 And if we are mad, um, you know, we can also pray for them in that moment too. Yeah. And I think that's something that, um, as the parent, we'd have to encourage. Right. Because we're not naturally inclined to do that, are we? <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> I prayed for you when you didn't invite me to your Latin mass yesterday. Uh, I'm well, kidding. <laughs> Speaking of mass. Yeah. Um. So that, yeah, you mentioned that I, I yesterday had my, uh, on my uh, name day, uh-huh. the Feast of St. Michael the Archangel, had my first public celebration of the uh, extraordinary form of the yeah. Mass, often called the Latin Mass. So that was very exciting. It, was it beautiful. is. Yeah. Thank you for your prayers. I know you're kidding right now, but I do know that you're praying for me. So thank of you. Of course. I um, hope to 
do that more and more. Um, it's a, a beautiful expression of our faith. And maybe we'll talk about that in an episode. Sure. I know um, nothing about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm starting to can, know a little bit about you it. <laughs> can, you can lead us with the yeah. information you have. But um, also just want to say a word of encouragement uh, to anyone listening. I, I don't know what your experience has been of coming back to mass, coming back to your, your local parish church for mass since, you know, we were kind of, I think everyone across the board at some point was shut down for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're back. We are back. And I promise you now months into this, um, we've had such a good experience yeah. taking precautions, you yeah. know, like for instance, um, we've got, a little station, at least at St. Columba, Father McLaughlin and I have, um, when we're distributing Holy Communion, we've got a little table with what's called an ablution cup. That's a little cup with water. So mm-hmm. let's say, for instance, um, I feel that uh, I've distributing communion. I've touched somebody's either hand or their tongue and should sanitize my hands now before the next person. Um, I, I can purify my fingers in that ablution cup in mm-hmm. case they're particles of our Lord in the Eucharist. Um, and then I've got some trusty Purell right there, there you too. Go. So there's that precaution, of course, you know, social distancing and mask wearing. And um, it's really all things considered very safe. And, yeah. and we've had, a, at least at St. Columba, a, a very good experience, very encouraging. And it's just such a joy to, to be back with everyone, um, praying and and offering the holy sacrifice of the mass so if you if maybe you've been staying away still a little apprehensive um i take it from me i think you can safely start to come back of course if you have health concerns sure that's always been the case that you know you should take care of that and and maybe stay home but yeah in the meantime uh, if not come on back we'd we'd love to see you and pray with you and you know Uh, One of the things that we've talked a lot about here is that um, there are things that are more important than um, so the state of our soul is more important than the risk inherent in getting sick. Yeah. Um, So, of course, we don't want to put ourselves at any more risk than is uh, prudent. But to go to Holy Mass and receive Holy Communion, that's. worthy of a risk for us. Yeah. So I wouldn't go shopping in a mall because that's not worthy of ri- of the risk, but going to the mass on Sunday is right. Worth that. For more on that, there was an yes. excellent episode of the podcast Godsplaining by oh, the, yes. the Dominican Friars yeah. um the Eastern Province um Godsplaining the episode if you go and find their show uh, the episode on prudence and they talk about that, you know, what risks, which, excuse me, I shouldn't reference a Dominican and then use poor grammar, which <laughs> risks might be worth it. Right. And, um, you know, and how do you judge, how do you discern what might be a prudent risk? And there might be a risk every time we step out the door, sure. right? So yeah. um, just kind of working that into our thought process and getting back into our, our life of prayer, our life of worship, and especially... A good way to wrap up our discussion of fostering the the domestic church. Mm-hmm. Well, we get our strength from the source and summit of our faith, the Eucharist, right. um, with the universal church, the church militant, and the church triumphant are the saints in heaven who uh, whom we join in praise of Almighty God at every mass. Yeah. So come on back. Yes, definitely.
All right. So we're going to wrap up here. Um, and we will be back soon with more great stuff. More great stuff. God bless you, everyone. Questions galore. So talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Raising Saints. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something about the faith, the church, and God. Most importantly, we hope you've heard God's voice as he calls out to you in love, as he calls you to a friendship with himself, as he calls you to be a saint. Until next time, God bless you. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox.